Welcome to Ad Print That. I'm Joe, and this last week was good and bad. Good, I was able to get quite a bit done. I got my computer parts uh, late Friday and was able to get the machine up and mostly functional. I still have a lot of settings and things that I need to, to restore, but I was able to recover all of my data from the old hard drive, so I'll be transitioning that drive into more traditional storage, uh, putting most of my important files and re- uh, frequently access things on the new solid state drive that I got. And it was bad in that uh, at the end of the week, I wound up getting a cold. So I'm still still recovering from that. But beyond that, I, again, haven't done any printing with my printer because my, my uh, computer was offline. But I do now have my computer back up and running. I did replace the blue painter's tape on my Me Creator, and I look forward to getting some prints done this weekend. And speaking of prints, we crossed over into uh, September. That means that the uh, Cthulhu pendant that we were offering for the print of the month last month is no longer available. We'll go ahead and get those sent out to uh, people who've pledged the $5 through Patreon for that. But uh, we will go ahead and this month we're going to be sending out a low-poly Bulbasaur Pokemon. So for those of you who are playing Pokemon Go or have kids who like Pokemon or just fans in general, head on out to our patron site. It's linked right off of our webpage. And pledge $5. It helps us uh, make things better here. If you can't afford the $5, we always have the $1 option. Go ahead and pledge that. And again, money goes to the same place. Uh, we just use that to, to keep things going. So over the last four or five podcasts, we've been kind of going over educational things. And this week is not much different. And because you are listening to this podcast, you're either or are about to take part in the maker movement. If you haven't yet heard of the maker movement, now is the time to take notice. You have an opportunity to join an exciting community or create your own based around your interests. Companies like Intel, Asus, Thermaltake, and many more are joining in with the new products and sections on their websites with support and resources for people and groups wanting to get involved. Do you need to be an engineer or possess any special skills to join the maker movement? No. All makers share similar qualities which can be the curiosity about how things work improving upon existing things, or the desire to create something entirely new. The defining feature of the maker movement is its adherence to the theory of constructivism. The argument put forward that social play is an effective method for education both in children and adults. The result is a community that values social interaction alongside creativity, which is the basis of a new technological revolution. Most makers will look at an item, and rather than say, I'll use that, it seems like a nice thing, a maker will say, how does it work? What's inside it? Let's have a look, and how can I make this better for myself and others? The best thing is that you do not have to make anything to be a maker. Makers have been around for years. The whole making movement is just putting a name to it and bringing like-minded people together. It has been said that a maker is someone who will learn a process to achieve what they want to do. 
While that statement generally covers physical things, if you want to achieve or create something and you're prepared to learn and do it yourself like a programming language, then that pretty much covers it. Few scenes bring life to the culture like a makerspace. These are known under various other names like hackerspace or hackspace, and it all depends on their focus or affiliations. These all began as a meeting of minds. They started as places where groups could start collecting tools and store their projects, and many say that they aren't defined by a building. It is the people willing to meet up regularly and get involved, and if you have a big group of people, then you've got a makerspace. Regardless of its name or facilities, makerspaces tend to attract a certain type of person that you won't see in engineering circles. Those are people who really aren't afraid to try something and fail. People that don't know the limitations of what can and cannot be done and are not afraid to try something new and interesting. Makerspaces are generally accepting of people who don't know anything. They are there to contribute. It's a unique thing about this community because it fosters a lot of great education and acceptance of anyone. When a makerspace changes from a meeting of minds to a physical workshop, it typically comes with a selection of tools. Technology has brought manufacturing down to a level that's affordable to a motivated group of hobbyists or even an individual with a little bit of disposable income and a desire to tinker. A physical makerspace can often play host to equipment that includes drill presses, soldering stations, laser cutters, and 3D printers, and they provide members with training on how to use any of those pieces of hardware. Many of the outputs of the maker culture are intangible. Its focus on education and its collaborative working process means that even failed projects can be of use, and makers frequently take portions of others' creation, which are usually, though not always, shared under permissive licenses such as Creative Commons as a base on which to create something new. There are even events organized by the community like regular national maker fairs, plus regional mini maker fair offshoots at which makers can meet and share their creations. You can do a quick Google search and find one near you. Another project of the maker movement is the rise of companies that targets makers, which are typically born from that culture and many choose to give back to the community. The Arduino Project, founded in 2005 to teach students microcontrollers, is a perfect example. It created a low-cost microcontroller development board with a low barrier to entry. Released under a permissive license, Arduino boards and third-party variants power numerous maker projects, including 3D printers, but are rarely used by those outside the community except in an educational setting. MakerBot Industries sought similar success with their range of relatively low-cost 3D printers, but it attracted criticism in 2012 when it began closing its creations, keeping the design files and source code proprietary. You want to get involved in a makerspace in your area? Do a quick Google search, and you should be able to find one near you. And if you do find a makerspace in the area, go in, say hi, meet some people, and see what they have to offer. You never know, you may find yourself learning something new and getting involved in projects that help others. Even before I started the podcast, I would have considered myself a maker. I designed things, I built things, I modified things. I've always had this innate curiosity about how things work. 
that's how I got into doing computer work. When I bought my first computer, I had an issue with it, and I made a conscious decision at that point to either pay somebody a lot of money to fix it or learn how to do the repairs myself. I had a friend at the time who uh, just gotten back from DeVry, and he sat down and started doing work, and I asked questions, and I learned. And that actually got me my first computer technician job, which started me down a, a path to where I am now. If I hadn't, in 1994, sat down and consciously made that decision to do the computer work myself, I probably wouldn't know what I would be doing. I've always liked computers, I've always liked technology, and that kind of played a role in getting me to become a computer technician, to start messing with security systems and start doing surveillance and intrusion system uh, installations for a security company, which then got me back into doing uh, phone tech support for an internet provider, which then led me to another job doing the same thing, which eventually got me to playing with uh Ethernet switches, routers, and becoming a network administrator, and then a networking engineer. So, you know, it's it's taken years to get me down this road, but pretty much anything of interest technology-wise, I have been into. And that's kind of how I got into 3D printing. During one of my jobs, I I saw a thing on Tech TV about 3D printers. I got very curious into it, but never really had the um had the money to invest in that hobby. It wasn't until a year ago when I met Andrew who had a 3D printer at the time that I was able to actually make that leap and justify that uh expense to get into 3D printing. And once I did, it got its uh, hooks in me, and I've been having a blast with it. I uh, liked it so much, I even started a podcast, and here I am today. If you know somebody who just has an innate curiosity on how things work, or have ideas on how to make things better, they're pretty much a maker. There's really no no getting around it. You don't have to make things to be a maker. You just have to have that, that curiosity and that drive. Making things, physically actually making things, is just a bonus. Keep your imagination going. Get ideas. Be curious and learn new things. It's what it all comes down to. So... Moving on from there, it's been said a few times on the podcast where I feel at times uh, I have a closer bond with animals than I do people. That's just the way it has been. Uh, I've had, I've encountered many people in my life that have unfortunately uh, uh, been a less than positive influence. And, uh, I personally, I don't like seeing injured animals 
and I know I'm not alone with that thinking. While I do find it hard to see an injured person, there's something about the innocence of an animal that makes you want to just drop everything and help them. So it is a good thing for the world's injured and disabled animals because there are plenty of people who are not only willing to help but have access to resources necessary to get them back on their feet. A gentleman by the name of Jim Song is one of those people. He's familiar with the work done by Enable, who has amassed a community of thousands of makers dedicated to designing, redesigning, improving, and building 3D printed prosthetics to be delivered to kids with missing hands and arms all over the world. He's also a friend of Prashant Grad, the creator of the printed Bionic prosthetic arm. With this knowledge of 3D printing and prosthetic devices, Sung decided to start his own service, the Computer Aided Pets or CAP project, which he describes as a sort of enable for pets. The CAP project is brand new, but Song has already gotten interest from several owners of disabled pets. The project works just like Enable. Caretakers of animals in need of prosthetics or assistive devices contact the organization and CAP will pair them with a volunteer, preferably in the same geographical location. That volunteer will then work with the animal and its caretaker to design and fit a prosthetic for it. Also like Enable, the CAP project is building a database of 3D prosthetic designs that can be downloaded and modified to fit the need of a particular animal. Designs submitted thus far include a wheelchair for dogs, cats, and other animals missing their front legs, a wheelchair for animals missing their back legs, a forelimb prosthetic for a four-legged animal, a prosthetic eagle foot, and a stork leg. Creating prosthetics for animals is no easy task. Unlike humans, animals cannot give feedback on how a device feels, if it's too tight or too loose, so it's a lot of trial and error. We've seen many, many cases of animals who were successfully treated with 3D printed prosthetics, wheelchairs, or other devices, and it's never an individual task. And in most of these cases, teams of dedicated volunteers were required from the beginning of the project to the end of the project. These stories show that there are no shortage of caring people willing to put in the hard work and time for these animals. Song's idea is to amass all of these people, their ideas, and their skills and energy into one centralized community. Because a CAP project is so new, volunteers are desperately needed to help the requests that are already coming in. To apply to be a volunteer, to start your own chapter, or to request a prosthetic for your pet, go to our blog on our website and click on the link there. They are also looking for volunteers to act as managers and moderators for the website and social media platforms if you don't have a 3D printer or design skills and still would like to help. The CAP project may just be getting started, but it didn't take Enable long to grow from one person to a community of thousands, and I hope the CAP project takes off in the same way. I know there are many, many people out there with disabled animals who could be using this, and it'd be great to see flyers in veterinary clinics that advertise that if a person needs 
uh, prosthetic or mobility device for a disabled pet that they can contact CAP. I think this will help many people. Having a disabled pet, it takes a lot of time and a lot of money to care for them properly. And being able to not have to worry about a mobility device or prosthetic for an animal to to give them that extra quality of life would be such a huge benefit and such a weight off their chest. So if you're interested, definitely head out to our website, click on the link, go check it out. And if you have some know-how, go ahead and sign up to be a volunteer, either as a printer, a designer, or just to help uh, manage their website and social media. Making the leap from animals to humans, researchers in Dublin have created a process to support 3D printing of new bone material, which might give those that require bone grafts more options. The research could be used to regenerate large defects caused by tumor resections, trauma, and infection, as well as inherited bone deformities. You could also have numerous applications and surgeries involving the mouth, jaw, face, and skull, and orthopedic surgeries, especially in cases where tissue with complex geometries need to be regenerated, for example, cases in the head, jaw, or spine. Led by Professor Daniel Kelly, the study was conducted by AMBER, the Material Science Center, which aims to research materials that will transform everyday products of the future from mobile phones to knee implants, batteries to beer bottles. What is a bone graft? Well, it involves replacing missing or damaged bone in particularly severe injuries where the bone cannot repair itself. Every year, there are 2.2 million procedures worldwide that require a bone graft. At present, there are two methods to do this. The first is an autograft, where the bone is transplanted from one side to another within the same person, and this can be quite painful. The second is an allograft, where bone is taken from a donor and transplanted. Complications can include donor site morbidity, poor availability of transplantable tissue, and disease transfer from the donor to the recipient. This new research, however, could eliminate these difficulties by enabling the printing of larger and more complex shaped implants. The new method involves using 3D printing to build cartilage, which has been proven to help bone growth. The research offers real hope in the future of patients with complex bone trauma or large defects following the removal of a tumor. This bioprinting approach could also be used in the development of the next generation of biological implants for knee and hip replacements. Hip replacements and knee replacements are both major, major undertakings, and by making that easier, it would just mean that risks are reduced. Well, I didn't have to go through a bone graft when I broke my femur and my heel bone I could definitely see where especially in the case of my heel if there is the option to just replace those portions of bone that were absolutely destroyed it would have 
probably reduced my healing time and reduced the amount of hardware I needed to have in my heel. I've got what, eight screws in just my heel, not including the actual uh, Y plate that is in there. Pretty, uh, pretty painful procedure, actually. I can honestly say that that was the most pain that I had been in ever, and it uh, almost killed me. And that's on, and, and that is literally, not figuratively, um, just blood loss and everything else uh, that was on top of it. The evening after the surgery, I wound up being carted off back to the hospital by an ambulance, and they were supposed to have gave me something that was supposed to just block the pain for 24 hours or something like that. And it wore off in like five. That evening was the worst evening of my entire life. I was in pain. I was screaming in the hospital. It it wasn't very. It wasn't a pretty sight. And the only thing the doctor would give me is a little bit of fentanyl, which it acts real fast, but. It lasts about 10 minutes, and they would give me one of these every hour. So for every 10 minutes of relief that I had, I had 50 minutes of excruciating pain. If there was any way that I could uh, hope to see somebody not have to go through that, and if this type of uh, transplant with bone grafting helps with that, I would give it to them in a heartbeat. I would never, wouldn't wish anybody that experience that I went through. It, it, it so isn't worth it. It really isn't. I know the doctor's name that was on call, and I, to this day I'm still not pleased with his decisions. I think he probably could have done a little bit more. Uh, he could even have called my orthopedic surgeon and he opted not to do that. That's kind of a big shame on him. But besides that, I'll get off my soapbox here. If you like what we do, if you enjoy this, please, please go out to those social media sites. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, even Google+, YouTube. And subscribe, give us a like, give us a follow. We release every week via SoundCloud. Uh, we also do now releases at the same time on uh, iTunes, on YouTube, and on Google Play Music. So give a subscribe on any one of those, and you'll be notified when any of the new episodes come out. Uh, we generally release Saturday evenings or Sundays at this time. Uh, we've gone ahead and we've changed our release schedule. I don't need an entire week to edit a podcast now. I've got it down. It only takes me a couple hours. So I went ahead. I feel comfortable enough to say within 24 hours of me hitting the stop button here, I can get that edited, compiled, and uploaded and available to everybody. Don't hesitate. Feel free to leave comments, ask questions. I will do my best to get back to every one of you guys and answer those. And who knows? Maybe your question will be answered on the podcast. I've got to give a big thanks not only to the listeners, but 
Again, last week we had uh, Victor Bergren of Sweden. He provided me with some amazing intro and outro music. A big, big thanks to him again. Uh, it kind of wraps the whole thing up into one great big package that I think makes it sound a little more professional. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it greatly. For those of you that want to do a little bit more than just follow us on social media, set at the top of the show, we've got a Patreon account. Go to our website, click on the link for Patreon, and pledge us you know, $1 a month or $5 a month. $5 a month gets you that low-poly Bulbasaur this month. If you want to help out in other ways, go to our website, click on the supplies link at the top, and you can purchase 3d printing supplies straight from our amazon affiliates account that way if for whatever reason you find yourself in need of some filament or another thing 3d printing related or maybe it's computer hardware we got some computer hardware out there also click on that link as long as you click on it put it into your cart and order it we will get a small kickback from them and that just helps us out even more yeah, for whatever reason, if you don't see those affiliate links, go ahead and make sure to disable your adblock software, please. We don't have any annoying ads on the website, none of the this uh, flashy buy other junk things trying to take you away from the one thing that you want to do, and that is get those 3D printing supplies or read those blog posts. We don't have ads. Don't worry about it. If in the future, if we ever have those, I will make sure that they are as unobtrusive as possible. I do have a few other things that I've been working on. Uh, nothing that I can really share right now, but once I get word back, I will definitely be letting you all know on some very exciting things, and I do, do hope it pans out. Otherwise... You know, I'll probably still mention it in the future, but you know, it won't be with uh, with the huzzah and the gusto that it would have been if it had succeeded. So, I did manage to get a snippet of Angry Pug with the 3D Pug that I sent him. I will go ahead and get a link to that also posted on this week's blog post for the podcast release. Pretty cool little clip. I was actually able to clip it right from his Twitch stream uh, when I renewed my subscription to him. So he seems to enjoy it, and it makes me happy that he enjoys something that I printed for him. It's 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 a satisfying little feeling there. If you do follow anybody else on Twitch or anything else, and they do accept gifts via the mail, be clever. Print something out for him. Send it to him. It might be one of those things where you get a surprising reaction from him. But besides that, again, thank you, everybody. I've got to get going. I'm Joe, and remember, if you can imagine it, you can print it.